You're listening to the Sphere Now ESG podcast on Spark, Sphere's safety, sustainability, and productivity thought leadership website. Sphere is the leading provider of ESG performance and risk management software, data, and consulting services. Now, let's get started. Welcome to Sphere Now ESG podcast, a program focused on safety, sustainability, and productivity goals. My name is Alex Studd, product marketer at Sphero with a focus on operational risk management. Today, we welcome back to the program, Andy Bartlett, Sphero's solution consultant for operational risk management for part 10 of Andy's Process Safety Almanac. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Good to be back, Alex. Yes. Well, I know in our previous episode of Andy's Almanac, we discussed successfully managing hazardous areas and lessons learned. Today, we're going to discuss a key process safety management element, which is training management and the progression to best practice sharing and knowledge retention. So, Andy, just to get us going in 2022, what should companies be thinking about to improve the knowledge transfer of important information? Well, Alex, companies with strong ESG performance have higher returns on investments, lower risks and better resiliency during crisis. COVID-19 being the most recent crisis and the resulting disruption to employee working patterns, resulting in the pressing concern uh, of workplace turnover and resulting knowledge loss, and thereby introducing risk into the equation. According to the US Bureau of Labor Statistics, more than one third of work-related non-fatal injuries occur in employees who have been on the job less than a year. And we see that more and more now with uh, people joining companies that they haven't worked for before. And as the workplaces continue to rebound from the pandemic and the great resignation, businesses are welcoming back staff from from furlough or training new workers and onboarding contractors to fill those gaps. This makes the subject of knowledge retention even more important. And companies are grappling with significant operational risk management experience, brain drain associated with turnover. Employees who have left frequently take tacit knowledge with them. Organizations must invest in methods of retaining knowledge. Spreadsheets and paper files are no longer the answer. Well, you know, certainly brain drain is indeed a problem. Turnover is so high right now, as you just discussed. So we definitely have to ask ourselves is how long is corporate memory? You you just said that spreadsheets and paper files are not the answer. So Andy, what methods can companies use to gather and retain best practices and ensure that things aren't forgotten? Well, to gather best practices, companies need to engage in processes such as benchmarking. To retain knowledge, companies should look to real-time software solutions enabled by electronic storage facilities to document procedures and best practice in one central location. This will ensure knowledge doesn't walk out the door when staff changes. We talked about benchmarking as the process of measuring an organization's internal processes, then identifying, understanding, and adapting outstanding practices to facilitate a culture of knowledge sharing from other organizations considered to be best in class. Benchmarking is defined as a point of reference from which measurements can be made or a standard by which others can be measured or judged. So starting internally, organizations can compare how work is performed at each location. Over time, employees will have developed different ways to perform a task. Some will be worth incorporating procedures updates, others may need to be discouraged due to safety concerns. Surveys of employees and managers' perceptions are also useful benchmarking tools. And benchmarking evaluation results should be documented and communicated throughout the organization. Electronic storage can facilitate future comparisons and reference. And then we have external benchmarking where you go outside your company. 
take place by attending and presenting at industry-linked conferences, thereby meeting peers from other organisations, reading publications and web pages from linked professional bodies as an example of this, is the Safe Work Practices, uh, CCPS, AICHE, have developed by leading industry professionals and in covering confined space entry, energy isolation, equipment filling and mixing, equipment identification, excavation, field reuse of permits, hot tabbing, hot work, line opening, scaffolding, temporary instrumentation, and controls, bypass, and others. Additionally, engaging in user group discussions for any technology that you are using in your facilities is worthwhile to obtain information not in the public domain. Bit of a long one, that, Alex. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's super interesting. I, I think one of the questions I naturally have, Andy, is there's just so much information out there on the Internet. Uh, but, of course, a lot of these videos online, they may or may not align with the practices set by the business that they work for. So how can organizations really ensure that the employees are not only being trained correctly, but also ensure that they don't fall into bad habits later on that maybe are illustrated in some of these other training videos or modules? Good question, Alex. So the first step in preparing safety training is to perform a training needs analysis. This, like any other safety process, requires the need to review any relevant incidents or emissions on the facility and worldwide and take them into consideration when developing the training materials. And there's a lot of information out there about incidents and why they happened and what was the causes, what were the root causes. So it's it's worthwhile taking a look at that and uh, developing a plan to share those best practices throughout as part of the safety training. And to prevent bad habits, as you mentioned, regularly reviewed by the training staff, your experienced employees of any incidents or near misses that may point to remedial training requirements are required. And on the subject of videos, with the technology available today, it's possible to upload approved company training videos to the employee's personal digital device for viewing when required, providing just-in-time training, similar to how we use YouTube to find out how to do things. I recently uh, had to change a fan in my bathroom and I had mm. to look, look on YouTube to see, you know, what was the right way to do it. And I have been in places where we've had to take a book out in the field, say, oh, we've never done this job for a long, long time. But now you've got a, a personal device, you can look up that video and it actually shows you the right way to do things. You know, Andy, can you give some examples of some best practices that you were exposed to throughout your career? When I first started in the industry, it was all on the job training. The place I worked, we, we didn't have a classroom, we didn't have manuals, there was no written procedures. And I was expected to know how to operate a wheel valve correctly using a wheel key. So the first time I came across it, you know, this had used the wheel key and then another employee showed me that clockwise closes, don't tighten the valve all the way when open as it will damage the packing and don't over tighten when closing as it can damage the valve seat. That was something I learned. Did I write it down at the time? No, it was sort of in my memory because it was a job I was going to be doing nearly every day. Another one uh, which I found quite interesting was the pressure testing of piping. When things have been disturbed for maintenance, flanges have to be checked for leaks, you pressure up the line. And where the bolts and gaskets have been disturbed, you apply a soap solution, you apply it around all the uh, joints, all, all around the nuts and bolts, and see if there's any bubbles. If there was bubbles, then you had to have it retightened until there was none. In my second job, I was shown by uh, one of my colleagues applying tape around the two bolted flanges and making a small hole in the top of the tape, apply some soap solution, and then if it bubbled, you had a leak, 
if you didn't move on to the next flange a lot quicker a time-saving best practice i would call that and during my time in the field i taught that to others it was something that not a lot of people come across i forget where the the person was from who showed me it this was before the internet so no looking on google and youtube as of today you know there's lots of information out there now explain the same methods i have looked that up on youtube it actually is there as I moved on in my career, I encountered comprehensive training programs developed with the help of experienced employees. That was to ensure that knowledge didn't walk out the door, trying to get it all written down on paper. Have you been involved in any benchmarking and best practice gathering programs? Yes, Alex. During my uh, latter years in the field, I was assigned as a safety best practice team leader. And the company I worked for had one refinery for many years. And then during a time of consolidation, they acquired four more refineries. So each of these five refineries had different ways of doing certain things. Our team's evaluation was to evaluate 15 key uh, process safety processes across the five refineries with me as team leader. The team was made up of a representative from each refinery and our technical section process safety engineer, who himself had been a refinery manager in the USA. So each of the five refineries had been built by different construction companies, different engineering standards at various dates over the 20th century. We gained a lot from the study and were able to share the best practice among the five refineries to improve the way the five sites were operated using the technology available at the time. We used to put together a presentation and send it out, said, this is what we've learned on this particular place, way of doing business. The company also had other best practice teams for turnarounds, reliability, laboratory, hydrocracking and environmental, among others. Any other methods of gathering best practices and employee knowledge? Yeah, there's several methods for releasing tacit knowledge from the employee workforce. One method I'm familiar with is employee suggestion schemes. This requires an efficient tracking and follow-up system, plus time and effort from management to be successful and valued by the employees. I was reading quite recently that a lot of companies have upgraded their suggestion schemes to an innovation management process, where employees are encouraged to share ideas, companies host regular innovation competitions with public recognition and rewards for the best ideas, as we did for the best uh, suggestions when I worked in the field. You know, with all this in mind, it, Andy, it seems like there's two things that successful programs rely on. One being a strong corporate culture, right, that embraces the idea of sharing. And number two, the reliance of documentation. So how would you say technology has changed how we document? Well, first of all, supportive management is key. Leadership and worker involvement strategies must be used to prevent accidents. So investigation and analysis of incidents and uh, developing trends to identify problems that need to be addressed and put in place measures designed to prevent future occurrences and share the findings and actions throughout the company. They used to be in the olden days, you know, always blame the person who did the accident or had the accident occur to them and then not share it with others because you didn't want to be embarrassed about that you'd had this accident. But now that, you know, things have changed, it's best to get that out in the open and prevent it happening again. On the paperwork side, well, I was ex first exposed to a company-wide intranet and became a user. It was then I realized that paper documentation was becoming defunct. Being able to search and find examples quickly beat looking in the filing cabinet and if a paper copy was required, it could be printed with a timestamp warning that this was only valid on that particular day it was printed. Makes sense. That seems very valid. Andy, this has been super interesting. Can, can you quickly summarize our discussion here today? Companies with multiple sites and operating in several countries 
some companies obtained by merger and acquisitions can gain from knowledge sharing, which is at the centre of our new social and collaborative technologies. It's a cornerstone of the digital transformation. Knowledge management identifies and globalises knowledge in order to facilitate access to all collaborators. And technologies available today where best practices can be linked to equipment startup, shutdown, repairs, etc., and linked to a specific areas of a facility or type of areas of facilities. Say, for example, every one of your plants, say you had five refineries, will have a utilities area. Utilities areas handle chemicals, they handle hot water, they handle steam, and there will be best practices developed over time that would make that safer to work in. Well stated. Well, Andy, thank you so much for another terrific episode of Andy's Process Safety Almanac, and I can't wait for the next one. Thanks, Alex. We'll be talking to you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to the Sphere Now ESG podcast on Spark. We hope you enjoyed the show. Want more safety, sustainability, and productivity-related blogs and podcasts? Subscribe to Spark today. Visit spira.com backslash spark and let's spark a conversation.